bless you. We thank you for the anointing, your grace, and your favor this morning. Father, my cry is not to preach, but to give your people understanding. I pray that as I make sounds, you'll make sense, that they'll hear the voice behind my voice. It's my desire, Father, there are many sons and daughters that need to transition in what you have for them. Help us to get understanding through the scriptures this morning. We give you all the praise and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And we all agree and said, I'm going to make it really simple this morning. The guys were shocked to find out how simple it is, the number of scriptures I'm giving them this morning. It's going to be very simple. We are in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 12. There's a foundational scripture. It says, money is a defense. Wisdom is a defense, as money is a defense. But wisdom, the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. What you're looking for is life. Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. Can you please fix this mic? It sounds like I'm in a drum. Was it just my ears? Please fix it. And so when you're dealing with the kingdom of God, when you're being born again, um, he never came to give you money. He came to give you life. And life works much better when you have money. But the idea was not to chase after the money. You're supposed to go after the wisdom. Because when you get the wisdom, the money's right there. Wealth follows wisdom. So when you come into the kingdom of God and you need to, as you study the scriptures, I am so in awe in the way God does what he does through the scriptures. And next piece I wanted to give you is to show what the end time is going to look like. Everybody's finding out, are we coming to the end times? Yes, Jesus is coming back. And there is a clear word of what we're going to do. Revelation chapter 1, let us know that. Give me verses 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, He's a priest who rules over kings. He's a priest who rules over kings. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And after being washed in his blood, you then belong to a certain group of people. He's made us kings and priests. Not kings or priests. Kings and priests, to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So when I have a staff meeting and somebody walks in on my staff meeting that's not part of my staff, what do I do? I stop speaking. So when God says that you are, according to Exodus chapter 19, I'm not going to go in there this morning, but he says he he bore you on eagle's wings, he brought you to himself, and he then created something called a kingdom of priests. It's really important to understand. Because when God calls a staff meeting, he's speaking to kingdom, a kingdom of... That means a king sits on a throne, but God does not speak to anybody except they come in as a priest. Why? Because he's holy. So your gift doesn't work in his presence. He's looking for the priest. 
So the only way he can fix that is that he makes you a king and he makes you a priest. Because the king has got to do with earthly affairs. But the priest has got to do with heaven's affairs. You with me this morning? I know it's Palm Sunday. Every now and again, just clap your, put your palms together and let the Lord know you're here. So what you need to understand is Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 is the next piece of scripture. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, the mercies of God. Anytime you see the mercies of God, you need to remember it's attached to priesthood. And priests are concerned with sacrifice. That the mercies of God should present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's the very least you can do. Just take your body and bring it to church. How, how do you get saved from going to the bar and getting drunk in a pub? You take your body to church. You'll solve a whole lot of problems if you understand that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I don't have permission over this thing anymore. This is my body. I need to present it to the Lord. Do you understand how crazy your apostle, your, your apostle it is now, was a crazy man out in the world? And the only way God could save me and save me from me was to make me a pastor. So don't think this is a glamorous thing. The only reason why I'm here and you there is because God tr can't trust me in the world. Because my body did some crazy things. No, don't look at me like that, you too. And he says, and do not be conformed to the world, but he, he says something very interesting. He says, by the mercies of God. He says, and then use, bring your body and then bring your mind also. That's why you need to have a chapter this morning. I'm taking time to teach. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove. How does God move you? From good to acceptable to perfect. God is transitioning people. He's moving them into his perfect will. And you need to understand that process with God. Because the good of God is the outer court only. And there are many people that only hover in the outer court their whole lives. You know, we, we call them the CEO Christians. Christmas and Easter only. They only come to church at that time. They got no relationship with the Lord. They got no, no understanding about their gifts. They never come into deeper things with God. But you are the ones that goes deeper. Come on, somebody. I know that there are sons in this house. There's somebody across the globe that wants to listen and understand how do I transition. I'm going to teach you that this morning. So we're going to go to two other scriptures. So he says, uh, the, so the first of he says, mercies. It's got to do with the temple. It's got to do with sacrifice. It's got to do with the holy God. It's called the mercy seat that God speaks from. Verse 3. Please speak up verse 3 for me. The next verse. For I say through the grace given to me. That's beautiful. In those three scriptures, you find out mercy and you find out grace. Mercy is what we get even when we don't deserve it. 
God gives you his mercy because of sin. He's a holy God. But grace gives you what you need for your future. Give you scripture. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Note the difference between mercy and grace. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. So where is grace sitting? In the throne of God. But you're going to need the grace for your race. So he says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find the grace to help us when we are in need. To Grace to help in time of need. So mercy allows me to approach the throne of grace. But when I leave, I leave with the grace that I need because I'm in trouble. Not because I'm in trouble, but because of my next level. So mercy allows me because of my sin, mercy allows me to approach the throne room of grace. But I'm now coming to the next level with God, so he empowers my next level. That's why I need grace for the race. There's a reason why people do not progress in the kingdom of God. It's because they go to the outer court like the, even like, like the priests would do, in the Old Testament. But the temple was supposed to be a place of transition. That means you were supposed to go from glory, from faith to, from strength to, from broke to, hallelujah. You were supposed to progress. You were supposed to move from what is good to what is acceptable. It's not acceptable that you remain in a good space your whole life. At least I'm saved. You were supposed to get out of good and know that you are saved. You know that you're the righteousness of God. But come into something that's acceptable. So now we're going to get into the crux of what I need, I need to teach this morning. You're going to have your two key scriptures. You're going to, we're going to read the whole chapter of Luke chapter 19. And we're going to read the whole chapter of Genesis chapter 22. I'm trying to teach a little this morning. I don't want to get too preachy because I think that people, my wife just said, honey, you need to slow down. You need to be patient with us because God is speaking to you and you need to just take some time to teach a little bit. So help me and, and pray with me this morning that I can be and the Holy Ghost becomes your teacher to help us understand. So we are in the season, this is Palm Sunday. We are in the most important week of the Christian calendar because everybody bo everybody's born, no big deal. That's not where our power lies. And everybody dies. That's not where the power is. The power is in the resurrection. That's where the real power lies. Everybody dies, but not everybody's resurrected. And that's the leader you need to follow. So this becomes our week that we really understand that God transitioned the whole world more than 2,000 years ago. So much so that we have the calendar shifted before Christ and after Christ. Because you need to pay attention to this transition. Enjoy your pickle fish, but pay attention to the transition. So Luke chapter 19, the reason why I like Luke, Luke wrote, wrote um, the most volume. Paul wrote most of the books in the, in the New Testament, but Dr. Luke is a smart mind. He wrote the largest volume because he wrote the book of Acts. 
So when he documents things, he's very orderly. You must, when you read the book of Luke, really exciting because you watch this man, he's methodical. He's, he, the way he sits and he processes, he puts one thought after the other. Look how powerful he lays out Luke chapter 19. So Jesus is about to enter into this week um, and he's, he's coming to the end of his earthly ministry and he's going to die on the cross. But there's a buildup in his conversation. Now watch how powerful this is. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. So you watch the journey. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Look at the process and look at the journey because you want to move from what is good to what is acceptable to the place where you come to the place of the altar. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because the, of the crowd. For he was short of stature. Oh, you must read this stuff, man. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree. Are you sick of your tree? Are you sick of being broke? Are you sick of being sick? Are you sick of being in the bottle of the bottom of the battle? Are you sick of being the tail and not the head? Pay attention. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when he saw, when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He's gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. But that's the reason why he came. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today, Salvation has come to this house because he's also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. So Zacchaeus has what we call an outer court experience. The outer court is a place of sacrifice, it's a place where you have your first encounter with Jesus. It's the place where you are now, it's good to be saved. Put your palms together at least. Are you happy that you say? Come on, he came to seek and save us that were lost. And he came to him, brought him to himself. But that is not where it ends. So Zacchaeus, who is greedy and robbing people and operating in his gift as a tax collector, is cheating on people because that's how the world system works. You have to work hard to climb that ladder or that tree of the company you're in. And what they do is they pay you, they don't pay you more than, than your, than, they don't even pay you your worth. Because if they pay you your worth, you wouldn't be in that job. So they pay you less than your worth, so what? You have to come back every month. Someone's going to get it. I was there in my job trying to make life work different systems. It's a root system that keeps you in bondage. And you always come up short. You're getting my point. Jesus takes him from the system, removes him from there, and says, 
Let's go and deal with who you really are and what you were called to do. Let me bring you in on the kingdom. So he gets saved, but he also discovers on that day that he's coming to a system that is debt-free. So he steps into a debt-free zone. This is what happened to you when you got saved. Oh, Lord. You're still concerned about your pickle fish. Get off that thing. Because your religious activity is keeping you from you walking debt-free. Because wisdom gives life to those who have it. So he moves out from being saved. Look at Dr. Luke and how he documents it. Give me the next scripture. So Luke documents the saving grace upon Zacchaeus. He now starts to speak about like almost seems ab. But look at his processing. He's more like a systems analyst. Got a code properly. I like that. Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten miners, and said to them, do business till I come. It means occupy until I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he had returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So you are saved. When you are saved, you step into something that is good. You step into what is acceptable. What's acceptable is the kingdom. Because in the kingdom, there is no man without a gift. Because your gift is to trade in the world. The, your gift is what God gives you so that a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. Come on, somebody. You need to understand the power of the kingdom. I feel the anointing increasing here this morning. Then he came to the first. He's saying, Master, your miner has, has, has earned 10 miners. I took one. And I made it 10. He said to him, well done, good and faithful servant, because you are faithful in a very little, have authority over 10 cities. And the second time saying, master, your miner, the one you gave me, has earned five. Likewise, he said to him, you also be over five cities then. Come into a place of dominion. Come into a place of rulership. Because you're not just saved, you are operating in the kingdom. Then another man saying, Master, here is your miner, which I have kept and put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit. You reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth. Look where Jesus goes after this. He goes to the mouth of the temple. Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank that at my coming I might have collected it with some interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the miner from him and give it to him who has ten miners. But they said to him, Master, yes, ten miners. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. 
And he calls them enemies. He says, bring these enemies to me who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. You didn't want God to rule over you. You know, my job. No, I don't want to know about kingdom understanding. I don't want kingdom life. I got my own thing I'm doing on the side. Now I am saved. The Lord and me are having church. No, that's good. It's not acceptable before the Lord. He said, slay them. When he had said that, went on ahead up to Jerusalem. So now look at the progress. Jesus is dealing with the end of his earthly ministry. He deals with the saving grace of one man. He steps into the kingdom understanding and he begins to say that everybody in my kingdom has got gifts. And you were supposed to come into a place called what we now call the holy place from the outer court. You were supposed to step into the holy place. And in the holy place, you don't judge anybody by the seeing of your natural eyes and ears. Because everybody in this house is gifted. Everybody. And not your job. Not what your skill is. Not that I'm a systems analyst. Not that I can speak. I discovered 20 years ago when I went and developed a skill. And I've been studying around computers. I made my money with my skill. But 20 years ago, I discovered that my gift is for speaking. And so I only discovered that in the presence of Almighty God. Come on, somebody. You know, the world's not going to tell you who you are because it's all about control with the devil. Anytime you come into the kingdom of God, God's going to show you who you really are because who you really are is very rich already. Who you really are can take something and multiply it. Who you really are is already anointed. Who you really are, no one can stop your progress. Who you really are, they, they can fire you from your job but not from your work. Your work is what, your job is what they pay you to do. Your work is what you were born to do. You can't stop me anymore. Do you hear me? I am standing in the presence of Almighty God and my gift can make room for me. I can go into another nation and I can preach this word and I can write some books. I got a gift on the inside of me. If you don't want me, I can fly to Australia, baby. There's somebody, even if it's in Afghanistan, they're going to take this gift, but my gift's going to make room for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I'm saved but there is a place in the kingdom of God for me and if you don't like me God loves me he made me like this you might tune out but God is tuning in this morning because he says that's my son shout I'm gifted so what he does is he gets your salvation he moves you into something called the kingdom and in the kingdom you discover who you really are gets really interesting because Jesus the king is on a journey and he's walking to the place until he gets to Jerusalem I was there the Mount of Olives you're sitting and you're watching over Jerusalem the walls around the city oh Jerusalem Jerusalem what a place <laughs> Jesus is watching the activity since Moses came, Passover weekend is here. God's about to change the dispensation. The people are coming in from everywhere. Look at how intense this week becomes. It is called Passion Sunday. And it's not Easter weekend, it's Passover weekend. It was the time that they were mentioned in Exodus chapter 12. That you need to now put blood. Tell the men to go home. Tell the men to go home. 
and deal with this with themselves and take up their priestly duty and kill a lamb and put the blood on the doorposts because it wasn't so much that the death, the angel of death has to pass over when he sees the blood. It was also on the doorposts, which meant that there's a gateway. I need to go into the new that God has got for me. Come on, somebody. It's not good enough just to have the mercy of God. You must have the grace for the next season. So what does the blood do in this moment? What is the Passover doing? Is that when the blood comes on the doorposts, um, it is also means that there's an entryway. That means uh, I can pull my family out of poverty. Come on, men. I need somebody to understand this new season. I can pull you out of bondage. Uh, I can pull you out of religious systems. Uh, I'm going to pull you out of sickness and disease. Uh, I'm going to put you, pull you out under the curse. And we're going to walk together as a family out of this house of bondage. It is a place of transition. It is a season of moving into the new. Can somebody say that was good? But God is doing something that's acceptable. It's called movement. So God moves them out of that place. And that's what the Passover is all about. So they're celebrating this through Moses' time. But there is a Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and he's sitting and he's watching over Jerusalem. Because this is the time they come once a year to celebrate Passover. But it means that even though I'm saved and even though I'm gifted, I still need to come into the presence of Almighty God. This is a place where my gift doesn't count. Because the gifts and the callings without repentance. Oh, if I can speak to the kings. Because your money doesn't work in this because the battle shifts. I have an anointing when I stand before kings. And I can stand and I command demons to flee. I fly into Zambia and I go and deal with demonic forces before Dr. Winston comes and I command the heavens to be opened. And then they call me into a meeting and they say, you need to come and meet uh, uh, Dr. Winston. I'm, I'm, taking, I'm his armor bearer. I'm walking. They said, well, here's, here is the president of Zambia. I come in there. They said, the guards, all their guns, you can't come in here. I say, you take care of your president. I'm here to take care of the man of God I've been sold to serve. You sit down. That man over there is my responsibility. I fly into Namibia, call in certain meet president, the president. My gift, making room for me. Hold on. That's kingdom. I'm saved. I stepped into the kingdom and discovered who I really am. I'm an apostle before the Lord. Because these are the, the place where it's called the ascension day gifts are dropped. Everybody's gifted in this place. And the reason why this born again people don't know that is because they were not able to go from being saved into who you really are. Now South Africa might not celebrate me, but the kingdom is okay with me. When... You go beyond meeting the president and taking photos. God moves you into a place called the holy place. So Jesus is watching all the activities because people are bringing their sacrifices. Because on the priestly side, 
It's got nothing to do with my gift. We don't brag about what car I'm driving, the presidents I sat with, the kind of people that I meet, the books that I'm writing. None of that counts because the battle shifts. Where does the battle shift? It shifts from this that's in my hand that I can do. The man's gift that will make room for him to the feet. That's the reason why, read with me, Jesus now goes from being saved to kingdom and now comes and brings you into your priestly duty because he made you both king and priest. So now we're speaking about Palm Sunday. And it came to pass when he drew near Bethage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet that he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you where as you enter you will find a cult tide which no one, come and read with me, no one, <laughs> no one has ever sat, loose it, and bring it here. Oh my God, the revelation. Oh God, help me this morning. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? That you shall say to him, because the Lord, who's the Lord? The Lord means the owner. He owns everything. Tell them that I own the donkey, I made the donkey, and I made them too. Tell them that the Lord is in need of it. Because his next level is about to come. He's about to, this is what the temple is for. There's your hint, here's the hint. He's about to ride onto some, on something that has never been ridden on before. Because anytime you come into the temple, there's an exchange that takes place. Because God takes away your first to establish the second. So there must be the next level of prosperity. There must be the next level of grace. There must be the next level of healing. There must be the next level of anointing. There must be the next level of faith. I need this church to understand the power of the temple. Because when you are done with this moment of sacrifice, your life never stays the same. Is, it not, is this not the reason why the people's lives don't change throughout the years? It's because Easter is about Easter eggs and hot cross buns and pickle fish. Is it no different to the people that were having this activity? So Jesus is looking at them. He is not only the high priest, he's also the sacrifice. And he's ushering a new dispensation. And he says, for that reason, I need to shift gears. I need to shift the battle. I'm not going to fight anybody at this level because the priests fight nobody. <laughs> because the kings deal with earthly affairs. The priests deals with spiritual affairs. I'm not dealing with this thing in that earthly way. So those who were sent out, they were founded and just as he had said. But as... They were losing the cult. The owner of it said to him, why are you losing the cult? And they said, the Lord. Come on, does he own you? Then he can lose the resources for your next level. Come on, I'm commanding a loosing of the next level. If you understand what I am saying to you, you are not going to operate in poverty anymore because we are in a debt-free zone. We are in a kingdom that has, come on somebody, help me preach this morning. And they said, the Lord, need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the, on the cult and they set Jesus on him. Here's a king. 
sitting on a cult. What is that? It's a non-threatening animal. And he's taking a ride. I mean, Jesus could have had anything, right? To impress the people, he could have had angels to carry him. But he's showing you the difference between the king and the priest. Because your gift you leave behind when you come into the temple. And you serve God as a priest. Lord, help me with my time this morning. As he went, many spread out their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near to the descent of Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God and with a loud voice for all of the mighty works they had seen. Saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. He's a king. But we're in a kingdom of priests. So what must Jesus do? They say, peace in heaven and glory to the, in the highest. Keep going. Some of the Pharisees said to him from the crowd, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would cry out immediately. That means we're entering into a priest space because the battle has shifted. I'm not impressing you with my gift anymore. I'm dealing with my relationship with God. I'm now coming out, I'm going to put on priestly garments. And if you go and study Jesus in this week, he never prayed like he, like he prayed in this week. You find him praying all the time. The only time that you fight, find him fighting was in the temple. We're coming. The, every other time he was just praying. When Peter wanted to take out his sword and he cut off the, the soldier's ear when they wanted to arrest him, he says, Peter, don't you know that we can summon legions of angels? He puts it back. He says, put your sword back. Because this is a priestly duty. You're trying to impress people with your gift. In the presence of God, you don't impress him with your gift and what you've done. You don't impress him by how great you are as a preacher. I'm not trying to come into his presence to tell you how great that sermon was and what we did and, and, and boast upon my doing. No, the devil is a liar. When you come into the, listen to me, you come into the presence of God, you come as you are. And you acknowledge your sin. Because you are dealing with spiritual matters. It's the only place where you find him speaking about forgiveness. When you stand praying, forgive. Why? That's a spiritual rule. It's a law that you cannot hold on to grudges because anytime you hold on to unforgiveness, you, you don't get your breakthrough for your next level. You can sing, it's a new day. I've got favor coming. My, you can sing all you want. You're not going to get it. Because he's a holy God and there must be forgiveness. This is a debt-free zone. Forgive us our And so, I want us to hop over verse 41. I'm coming back to 41. But I want to show you something in 45. And then, we went into the temple. <laughs> and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it. Look at, look at, look at this man. Saying to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer. It's the only place he comes and he makes a whip and he drives out the things because the, the temple, you see, it's, it's not Israel. It's, it's Jerusalem. And it's not really Jeru Jerusalem where the real change takes place. It's the temple. And when you get the temple right, you shift to the next level. 
So the people would bring in sacrifices and they would stand as the money changes there. And the guy saved his whole year for this lamb because he's got sin. He's now going to bring the sacrifice before the Lord, before the priests. And what they would do is the Guptas were sitting right at the entrance of the temple. If you want to know what's important to God, go and see where the devil's working. Right at the temple. And so they would come and say, here's the lamb for my sin for this year. They say, oh, there's blemish on here. But we do have another lamb for you. But it's going to cost you another 20,000 rand. But you must be forgiven. You better buy it. So the, that's the money changes. They robbed the people at the gate. So Jesus walks in there and he drives out. Because the temple is the central place for transformation. It's the place of exchange. Because anytime you come into the temple and you get your sacrifice right, come on priests, when you understand what the altar is all about, that the altar, number one, is for sacrifice, number two is for worship, and number three is for elevation. That means elevation means that once I am done with my sacrifice and my worship, when I leave that place, my next season is on the next level. My next season, God opens up new doors for me. Many of the kings have missed it. In fact, I've never preached this stuff before. That's why I'm going to take some time. And Pastor Z said, be patient with us. Because the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin. What are you going to do with your sin? That's what I ask everybody else that wants to bypass the cross. What are you going to do with your sin? Where are you going to hide it? You can't go to a psychologist with your sin. The only thing you can be proud of is your sin. Everything else God gave you. What are you going to do with it? It's the same reason why this man, Zacchaeus, had, to change, had a change of heart and he entered into a new dimension in the kingdom. It's the same reason why people don't know what their gifts are. Because... It's not God's fault. The reason why people don't know what their gifts are is because they served nobody. When you come into the temple, you serve. And that's how God showed me I'm actually called to preach. I took my systems analyst knowledge and I built systems in my previous church to help them with evangelism. And finally God says, actually, this is what you're called to do. Now bring your business offering and lay it on the altar at Crefford Dollar and that was the opening of my next season because I didn't know who I was. Because every sacrifice brings an exchange in your life and lifts you to the next level in God. And the reason why the kings aren't moving anywhere, losing houses, losing cars, losing their minds, is because they've not paid attention to the temple. Jesus went to the very core of where the problem was. And he said, if we fix the temple and you get your sacrifice right and you bring your worship right, your life gets upgraded. God's got his own promotion system. God's got his own way of promoting his people. You keep running to the world to promote you. That's not going to work at the end of the day. We're allowing God to reign over us because there's a gift inside of me. And when I use my gift, he promotes me. This conference in Africa, Every week we're sitting with Dr. Winston. How did this thing start that I'm sitting on the board? How is it that we are doing, it's going to be the best virtual conference Africa's ever seen. Yeah. 
Let me tell you how that worked. I needed to upgrade my life. I didn't know the first time I, I, I'm praying, God says to you, has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And every time I go into his presence, to you, has been given to know the mysteries. I'm like, God. And then I don't know how it ended up. I went to get Kenneth Copeland. When I walked in there, I saw this teaching, the mysteries of the kingdom, by a man called Bill Winston. I said, What? I purchased everything he's got around, his material. And the first time I heard he's coming to South Africa, he was at Mosaic. And he had a business breakfast there. When I got in there, we as a ministry and we were a few people, we, as some of the business people know. He's done ministering and he's walking. And I time him. And as I meet him in the passage, I take out our offering. That's all we could have at the time. Was at the time was 3,000 rand. And I took it and I put it in his hand and I said, Sir, I need to pray for my ministry, please. He says, I release the blessing upon you. He receives the offering and he walks. Because anytime you want your life elevated, when you're doing it with the right heart, and you bring your offering, you bring your body, you bring your offering, your mind is renewed. God, I need my next level. That's the start of my testimony. And all the bodyguards around me looked at me and said, just get out of the way, this man, blah, 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 blah. No, I'm the one that stands there. I'm the bodyguard. Get out of his way. And, and, uh. Why? Because God can promote you. Come on. I need to clap your hands this morning. I'm trying to help somebody come into their destiny. I'm trying to help somebody understand the power of sacrifice, the power of going and worshiping God the way you need to. He'll tell you where to sow your seed. He'll tell you how much to sow your seed. But this has got nothing to do with your gift. This has got to do with your worship. God ordered my steps. Every year we fly into Chicago, paid in full. With accommodation and holiday money. How do I get there? From a nobody. It's called the altar. It's called the altar. There are benefits because an exchange takes place when you take your gift and you put it down. When you come with a proper heart before the Lord, something happens inside of you. You ask Ruth when she was on the threshing floor at midnight. When Boaz woke up, he said, now my daughter, I know you're not chasing after other men, but you want to know what I've got for you. And he marries her. She was married before. Her husband died. She comes from another country. A Moabitess. But forms part of the lineage. Because of her willingness to go to the threshing floor. <sighs> Money cannot buy your salvation. I'm running out of time. I need to give you part two of the sermon. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12 quickly. Quickly, I want to show you what it is. There is a man by the name of Abram. Abram is a promise from God. And God releases something upon him called a blessing. He raises up 318 leaders in his own house. In fact, they take out five kings. He trains them up. That's where the 318 leadership engine comes in. Training up leaders, how to take out kings. All you need is the blessing on you. Abraham is a mean guy. The Bible speaks about him increasing. 
in livestock, in riches, in gold, in silver. All this building up. He goes before the Lord, he says, I don't have a child. I need you to remember me. He says, I don't have a child. God goes and his wife doesn't believe. God gives 25 years. Sarah standing by the wayside gives Hagar, makes a mistake. Abraham's sleeping with a maid and he gets into, here comes Ishmael. Ishmael's are easy to make, eh? Hard to get rid of. And they stink up the place. Oh my God. Stinking happens. You change them all the time. Oh my word. When you're not doing it God's way. Abraham stands in this place. God gives him a son. Sarah would not believe that she's part of the promise. God can wait a whole generation if you don't want to go. But he needs somebody to believe him. See you Wednesday night. He needs a believer. So she finally believes, Hebrews chapter 11 says. And now she's coming into her destiny. She gives birth. And then this thing happens. Because this patriarch called Abraham, who is the father of our faith. He's taking out kings. He's mean, man. He's able to go and rescue Lot and he's able to move with God. God says now, Abraham. Now the Lord said to Abraham. Now, I'm in Genesis chapter 22. Not, yeah, there we go. Now it came to pass, after these things, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. That means let the battle switch. It's time to switch battle, son. I see you taking out kings with your gift and the blessings working for you. I want you to come in as a priest because the priest got to do with sacrifice. And he said, now take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom I love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I, should tell you, I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and never told Sarah. You know how the woman can speak you out of your destiny, guys? I did it. Woke up 2 o'clock in the morning, the Lord said, that check is not yours. X amount belongs to Griffith Dollar Ministries. I was there 8.30 in the morning when they opened. Signed the check. Gave them the check and cried leaving. When I was leaving, I just cried. God, now you know I'm in trouble. Little did I know, it was the check that was going to open up my destiny in the priesthood. So Abraham rose early in the morning. Saddled the donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering. And he arose and went to the place which God had told him. Also took a donkey. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place of off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and do what? Worship. Because obedience is called worship. When I'm walking as a priest and I'm doing what God has called me to do, it's called worship. It's not singing songs. Worship is walking in obedience to God. Anytime God tells me to sow something and I don't, I'm a thief. Because it's not mine anymore. So anytime God tells me to bring a sacrifice, I do it because I want to walk in obedience. This is priestly duties. 
I've not shifted. I, 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 you know, pastors are great. See the anointing. That one got healed. The gifts in the court is out of repentance. God will do that for the people, not for you. So you can have somebody who's operating in their gift. Can I just say this to you? There are two kinds of lovers. When they break up, certain kind of lovers would go and they would say, I want back the ring. I want back the dress. And, and you need to give me half of all the meals I paid for. And, and, and you need to, you see this, there's that kind of lovers that take back and say, I want all my stuff back. And then they leave when the breakup happens. God is not that kind of lover. Let me help you. The gifts and the callings without repentance, that means he blesses you with gifts and he takes care of you. If you live outside of his will and you do whatever you want to do with your gift, to the world, it looks like you're doing amazing. Because God's not pulling back on the gifts. He's not that kind of lover. He says, keep the gifts, you don't have me. That's why you have priesthood. Because the priest deals with my heart. My gift deals with the world. You can go, you don't have to. The, the, the world don't care whether you've got unforgiveness in your heart while you're working. But God does. You can't play that game up in the spiritual realm. You can't come into the priesthood and, and say, well, you know, you, you know how badly they treated me anyway, so to hell with them. Ah. You're going to have to forgive because these are spiritual truths because spiritual things is the control center that deals with every natural thing. There's a reason why people aren't progressing. So Abraham has to go now and he's operating out of a priestly duty because he's the father. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we'll do what? You always come back better. I'm dealing with five things that, you, that, you, that when you come back from your place of worship, this is how you come back. My time's almost up. But I need to give you these five things quickly, quickly, quickly. Have a look at Abraham. So Abraham took the, the, wood, the burnt offering, laid it on the Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father, and he said, here I am. He said, look the fire and look the wood. Where's the lamb? Where's the offering? Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar, priestly duty, and there and placed the wood on, in order, and he bound Isaac, his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad, nor do anything to him. For now I know. Your relationship with God must go to a place where God can say, now I know. I cannot tell you the number of times when I used to go and before, when I was saved and I was tithing and then I'm fearful and then I'm running out and I'm begging and borrowing from somebody until one day I said, I'm not asking anybody anymore anything. I'm not going to go and borrow and act like some pauper. I mean, does your system work or doesn't it work? I took three days of fasting. I went before the Lord. We had no food in our house. And I'm alone at home and I say, I got skill. I can go and work. But God pulled me out of that and he wanted me to come and understand priesthood. And I said, well, I'll go back to go and do my job then because I got paid a lot of money before in the world. I don't know broke. And my children looking at me and saying, well, dad, where's the money? 
Where, what are we eating tonight? First day I went in to pray with the Lord. The Lord gave me a word. He says, this is the woman's face. I went home that night, no response. But I'm not going to phone anybody. In fact, I wasn't going to drive anywhere. Not because I didn't want to go. I couldn't. There was no petrol. You ever been there? You get to a place, but the second day, nothing had happened. My children asked, what are we eating? I said, the same thing we ate yesterday. Just pretend. Pray on that empty pot. Pray. Dad's dealing with something. By the third day, a woman comes to my house. I'm still praying. I said, Father, you gave me a promise. If this doesn't work, I'm going back to work next week because they're asking me to come back. This woman rocks up at my house, but the hand is shaking like a leaf. She said, no, I'm, I'm, I, I, the Lord woke me up this morning and said, I must give you this money. I don't know why. But I want to let you know that I need to give this to you. And I told the Lord I'll do it. And I come, I'm going away this weekend and uh, I'll give it to him on Monday when I see him. The Lord says, now. She comes with her hand is shaking. She said, I don't know what this is about. But the Lord gave me, showed me your face and gave me the number. And this is what I've got to give you. And I walked away there and I said, as I was rejoicing, the Lord turned to me and says, now I know. That you're never going to beg anybody for anything. You're always going to trust me. You're always going to lean upon me. There's got to come a time in your faith when there's got to be a voice from heaven that says, now I know. Because does the system work or not? You've got to make up your mind. This is where Jesus is on the cross. This is when he's at the Garden of Gethsemane. This cup can pass. When he's standing and says, Father, into your hand I commend my spirit. Abraham gets to the top of the mountain. Please, there's five things quickly I need to end. My time's up. I'll have it in the book. We're busy putting out our whole workbook for you. Number one is peace. When you walk away and having God received your offering of praise, of prayer, and you've gone before the Lord, the first thing that you get is peace. Can I just show you quickly in Luke chapter 19? I know my time's up. We're going there. We're going there. Just calm down. Don't put that rush spirit on me. Luke chapter 19, verse 41. Verse 41. Verse 41. It's not my fault. It's theirs. So Jesus gets the man saved, gets the king, gets, speaks about the kingdom, deals with Palm Sunday. I skipped the scriptures. Now he's dealing with the temple. But let's show you what comes out of you going God's way. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, there are things that make for your peace, child of God. You should not be battling on the level. You should not be fighting people on this level. If you understand priesthood, the things that make for your peace, but they are hidden from your eyes. People that don't want to go God's way, they don't have the wisdom of God. They don't go God's way. It's hidden. God's peace is hidden from them. For days will come on you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you. That was not supposed to be God's design. The fact that I come into Jerusalem, come into the temple and I give my sacrifice, my life changes because there's peace. And they will not leave you. 
one stone upon the other. The first thing that you get out of having negotiated in the, in the temple, negotiated in the, at the altar, number one is peace. Um, Isaiah 32, 17, the work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Let me hop. I've got some scriptures there, but let me hop. The first one is, is peace. The second one, he shows you the provision. Genesis twenty two eleven. Genesis twenty two eleven. But the angel of the Lord came from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything for, to him. For now I know that, that you fear God, since you have not held, withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. And he said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. I've discovered that there's a God who provides. Come on, somebody. When you come into the place of offering what God wants you to offer and you have your priestly duty and you've taken off the, your gift and you put your gift down, but you've got your priestly gift uh, uh, garments on and you're coming before the Lord, you need to understand that you never are the same again because what does God do on the next level? What is the ram in the thicket? The ram has its horns in a thicket. Now you try in your natural strength to try and remove the, 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 the ram from there. God shows him. How did the ram get in there? Abraham never seen it before. God opens up his eyes to the provision. What's the ram in the thicket? God takes the fight out of your blessing. In the next level, the devil can't go and fight you on this deal. He can't fight you on this deal. Come on, somebody. Just make another sacrifice. Just come into the presence of God. God can show you your new deal. He can show you the new relationships. He can show you what your next business opportunity. I thought you'd clap your hands at this level because God is breaking you. Old ceilings will become new floors because they can't stop you because you've been to the temple. Come on, shout and give God a praise. Number three, he gives you a promise for your future. I am, hallelujah. Verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. I myself I've sworn, says the Lord, because you've done this thing, your obedience, and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the stars and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. You're not going to come to a deal anymore and you turn around at the gate. Oh, no, 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 no. Not this one, not anymore. Because when I come to this place, even my children will be able to walk through matricula and come into university. And no matter what we are dealing with, because God deals with your life through gates, through a gateway, that you need to come into what God has got for you. When you deal with the altar properly, you got a, a promise from heaven. I am telling you, the devil won't be able to stop you because you have an anointing for the next level. There's grace for the next level. I am telling the devil, you better take your hands off my stuff. You better take your hands off my children. You better take my hands off my... I am telling you that gate shout I'm coming through. He gives him a blessing. Number four is the blessing to progress. I'll have the team up. The blessing to progress on the next level. 
The reason why people aren't moving in God is because they're trying to get promotion through their gift. But promotion comes through the altar. New relationships. What is a blessing? When he blesses him. What God has blessed, no man can curse. Meaning, the word blessing means to move forward. Do you know the reason why you're not moving forward? Do you understand? Oh, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. But your life stays the same. 20 years ago, we saw the same thing. In fact, you've regressed. At the altar, you're going to walk away by faith. Because the whole purpose of the priest, when he receives the offering, he releases the blessing. It's an empowerment to prosper. It's the power to move forward. Number three, or number five, sorry. Final. You don't just have a, a promise of possession. You don't just see the provision. You don't just have peace. You have something. It's called promotion. God's got his own system of promoting his people. Do not lay your hand on the lad, nor do anything for him, to him. For now I know that, the, that you fear God. You see, church, when you're dealing with the priestly anointing, God don't look at your gift. Your singing means nothing before the Lord. Nothing. That he gave you. It's for free. You want to deal with a real altar? God does not look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. He finds out why do you want it? Why do you want the next level? Is it for my glory or for another car you want to buy? Because the things are coming. The Lord gave me word this week. He says, son, call the kings and give them the word. And for those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Because when I give them the definition of who they are, they're going to walk through that and they're going to possess great things. God gave me a word yesterday in prayer. It's after eight days. There'll be resurrection power. No, no, hold on before you lift your hand. That's eight days. That's a promise. What do I do now? So you've got eight days of the threshing floor. It's time to pray. Don't claim the promise without wanting to pray. Come and bring your body. Present it before the Lord in the morning. Wake up in the morning and lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm a priest. I'm not just a king. It's called a double defense. So that you don't get the stuff and mess your life up. The priest keeps things at the altar. Bind the sacrifice to the horns of the altar. Moving from good to into acceptable, into the perfect will of God. Every step is done through a sacrifice. Who's the sacrifice? You. Present yourself. Bring your body. Then bring your mind, which you got today. Do you get understanding today? Yes. Can you clap your hands? God knows how to move you forward. God knows how to promote you. God knows how to transition you. God knows how to increase you. God knows how to provide for you. God knows that it is the season that the battle must shift. 
I'm not trying to impress God with my gift. He gave you the gift. Ask him, how far are you? am I from you? There's a man who asked the Lord, Lord, how's my relationship with you, a friend of mine? How's my relationship with you? The Lord said to him, ask your wife. I'm asking you, how's your relationship with your wife? Then you'll know. Because when the man has a God encounter, he makes right with people. I need to pay back fourfold. We have stolen, I'll make right. Because there's something that happens with somebody who has a God encounter. That their lives are never the same again. Because when Abraham comes down from the mountain, he gets, because of his sacrifice, he gets what all the other servants on the ground never seen. Because God is that personal. He'll meet you on top of the mountain with your sacrifice. But the goal is that you're never the same again. He'll upgrade your life, promote you, put a promise on your children, and show you His glory and His provision. The question I'm asking, what are we doing wrong? We are both kings. He made us both a king and a priest. It's in the temple that the exchange takes place. It's in His presence of people who are genuine with God. Don't lie to a God who knows everything. You don't, you're not speaking to the world. You're speaking to the God who knows you. And it's personal. You don't come dressed up in His presence because you want to pretend. There's no selfies there. You come as you are and you tell the Lord the truth. I'm sorry I lied. I'm sorry I cheated. I'm sorry I hurt this person. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's me coming before the Lord. Oh, my time is gone. Don't you stand to your feet. It's Palm Sunday, man. It's Passion Week. It's time for you to lift your hands high above your head. Repent for a prayerless life. Because with the priesthood, the sacrifice is prayer. We're only praying. We're only asking God to forgive us. And to forgive those who's, who, who've trespassed against us. That when we stand and you pray, Forgive. Let it go. Spiritual things controls natural things. I've come as a priest to repent for my life. Mistakes I've made. I have not wept so much like I have in this past week. God just showing me things, not condemnation, conviction. There's no condemnation for those in Christ. But the conviction of the Holy Spirit is dealing with people in this hour because many need to come back to God. This is Passion Week. This is the time when Jesus gave up his life as a living sacrifice, as a dead sacrifice. He died so that you and I can be standing in the presence of Almighty God as priests. He made us. I think you just need to pray just a little bit in the Holy Ghost. Father, I just pray for anybody in this place. Anyone that is from you, anyone that does not understand, 
It's the fervent prayer of the righteous that avails much. We're coming back to the heart of worship. We're coming back to you, God. Forgive us and cleanse us of all sin and of all unrighteousness. We're coming right into the core and to the heart. Cleanse us. Don't you know that your body is now the temple of the Holy Ghost? And the Spirit of God dwells in you. Lift your hands high above your head and ask the Lord to forgive you. If you confess your sin, is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all sin and of all unrighteousness. You are a priest unto your God. You are a kingdom of priests that knows how to pray. Ask the Lord to forgive you for prayerlessness, for waking up in the morning and starting off with your gift instead of starting off in prayer as a priest. Repent this morning for running after your job. God's got jobs for you, man. He's got many ways that He can provide for you. He wants you back in His presence. This is your moment and this is your time. I don't want to rush this thing. So rushed in His presence. We need a long worship set. We need God to come and do a fresh work inside of us to refresh us and to heal us from the brokenness. It's time we come back. It's time we be found in the temple. It's time we be found worshiping Him. Tired of people complaining about their gifts. You are priest unto your God. Sacrifice, offerings, worship. You want the elevation. God says, I breathe in your worship. And I, He inhales worship and He exhales revelation. You'll get what you want if you give God what He wants. He's looking for worship. He's looking for worship. Father, I pray this morning that as we draw close to you, you will draw close to us. I pray for every heart that is far from you, every man and every woman, every boy and every girl, that you'll draw us back to you. We're coming back to you with our, all of our hearts. We're coming back to worship you with our talent without treasure, without time. We give you this time. Just one more time, lift your hands and let this moment be God's. Give it to Him this morning. I bless you this morning for all of your giving as part of your worship. Take a sacrifice, a sacrificial offering and sow it into the house of God. As part of your worship, you are priest who understands worship, sacrifice, slaughter. Not your desire first. The kingdom is first. And all these things shall be added. We're receiving your offering this morning. Amen. Come on, you're leaving better than when you came in here. You're leaving better than when you came in here. God always will upgrade your life. Come on, somebody. You are feeling better already for repenting, for coming back to God, for offerings, for praise and worship. You always leave better. We're going to have a proper worship set. I'm telling you, God put it in my heart. We're going to have an evening of worship where we can really honor the Lord for what He's done. Because it's all about Jesus. Come on. He's God's sacrifice. He's God's sacrifice that He accepted.
you must be born again. If you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm telling you today, God only receives priests and their offerings. Jesus became the high priest and the sacrifice, the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. When you receive him, you receive, God hears your prayer. If you're not born again, you must be born again. Otherwise, you cannot see the kingdom. You can't come into the kingdom. He is God's sacrifice. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have life everlasting. You must be born again. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved. Let us know. If you need us to pray for you, pray with you. And teach you the next steps. Zacchaeus needed to be saved. You need to be saved. Because the things that God wants you to do in His kingdom. I bless you. For everybody under the sound of my voice. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. That you can come into the kingdom. Become all that God has called you to be. The anointing break every yoke. As your priest over this part of the vineyard. I bless you now. Receive the blessing. Lift your hands and receive the blessing. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. The Lord bless and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you his peace. We love you. God bless you. We see you Friday, Thursday, Wednesday night. Friday morning. Back in the presence of Almighty God. We love you. God bless you. Amen. Amen.